This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN New York. Good Sunday afternoon, everybody. Welcome. Yeah. Glad you could make us a part of your Sunday afternoon. It is an absolutely gorgeous Sunday. Oh, who? Don't mess it up. So whether you're headed to the golf course, maybe a uh, little shopping for the barbecue tomorrow for Labor Day, whatever it is. Thank you for making us a part of your Sunday. 1-800-919-3776. Also via X at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We ride for the next couple of hours with Tom and Harvey. And uh, we got lots to do. We got a lot of company today. Yeah, we got company. We have Rich Samini at 1 o'clock. He'll update us as the Jets wind down, get ready for the opening salvo of their schedule against the Buffalo Bills on 9-11. We'll see what's going on, how things are progressing, how that offensive line is looking. We'll, we'll quiz Rich Samini on what's happening with the Jets as they go into this really first week of preparation game week. At 1 o'clock here on 9870 ESPN. Then at 2, we'll chat a little bit about some boxing. I know we don't normally do it, but my good friend and colleague, Brian Custer, uh, ESPN Sports Center, also does a tremendous job on Showtime pay-per-view. He will stop by. We'll talk a little boxing, some of the things that's happened, some of the things that will happen. And then at 2.30, we're going to chat with the son of Anthony Mason, who, and you know, I've, I've talked about uh, Hoops Under the Sun the Cruz brothers and, and their dad, who's done a tremendous job with basketball up in, in um, Mount Vernon for a number of years and what they've been able to do. And this kid has been outstanding back-to-back MVPs. He's had a tremendous career up there. So we'll chat with the son of Anthony Mason at 2.30. So we've got a lot to do here inside this edition of the Larry Hardesty Show. A couple of things I want to get started with, and we'll go to your calls at 1-800-919-3776 is this. I know uh, people are ready to celebrate. Okay, I understand it. I get it. People are ready to just go wild. People are ready to uh, just say, you know what? This is what we've been looking for. This is what we love. This is what it's about. And there's no question about it. It is right now for both local baseball teams. It is about the situation with the young players. That's what it's about. It, it's it's not a matter, even though I know you're rooting for your team and you're not rooting for them to lose. And for Yankee fans to be able to beat Houston under any circumstances is great. But really, it doesn't matter. The season's over. Forget about that. If anything, you want to lose to Houston. You don't want to win to Houston. But, you know, I, I get it. Well, last night, the Yankees featured a lineup of six players, six under 24. Five of them are rookies. But for the second straight game, they produced. Check this out. The bottom four hitters, that's Wells, Pereira, Peraza, and Cabrera, each drove in a run. You add Dominguez and Bope scoring a run, and then three-plus innings of scoreless relief from Johnny Brito look pretty good. And then, you know, the previous night on Friday night, the Martian, first at bat, home run, or Verlander. This is what you want to see. Now, the question is, how consistent are they going to be? Okay, that, that's the next part of this. That's what, that's what you're looking at. And it may give you an idea that, you know what, the future might be a little brighter than what we think. For the Mets, it's about Roddy Mauricio. Uh, he looks like the future second baseman. Maybe if he continues to perform at second base defensively, 
We know it can hit. Double his debut on Friday. Two hits in the stolen base last night. Viento starting to hit a little bit. Had a, a walk, a home run, and a single before he left with uh, looks like a aggravated foot injury. We'll see what his situation is going to be when they update us today. Uh, but he looks like he's starting to hit, and if he can feel the position, that's good. Brett Beatty is back. They were going to platoon, right, the third base spot. And, you know, you want to see how he bounces back. Had a great start, got humbled a little bit, looked overwhelmed in situations, added more pressure to himself, right, and then had to send him down. So what has he learned? We'll find out for the rest of the season. Of course, look, Francisco Alvarez, you kind of figure he's the catcher for the future. He's had an up-and-down season offensively. Defensively, he's been okay. So this is what it's about, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, uh, Kodasenga has been excellent this year, started out slowly, but comes down. You see him. He's one of the top players. No question about the top pitchers uh, going forward. He's, he's probably, look, at this point, he's the ace of the staff next year. Okay, until they add who they're going to add to the roster and we see in free agency, he's the ace of the staff. So this is this is what the next month or so is about. How these young players produce, what you see from them, and how do you balance the fact that they are playing in non-pressure games? It's pressure for them because they have to produce, but it's non-pressure games. All right, these are. This is not win or lose that we have to make a playoff. This is not. We, you got to get a hit in this situation. It's not fair to them that we will judge them to say, "Well, okay, we have questions." It, it it it's about the sport. It's about production. How will they produce when you've got great pitching and there's pressure and we need this win because we're battling for a playoff spot. Now, are they playing against teams who are doing that? Yeah, they are. Houston's trying to get a spot. They're battling with Seattle. Uh, you know, so, the, you know, making sure the wild card and stuff. So, yes, they are in the major leagues at the right time because you want to see how they produce, but you have to balance their success with, uh, you know, the situation they're in right now. So we'll keep an eye out on that for you. Now, I want everybody to take a deep breath. Okay. I understand that we're all just ready to lose our minds. (laughs) Okay. And I get it that the U.S. lost to Lithuania. I get it. And these are, for me, this is um, a game where they lost We don't think we're ever supposed to lose to anybody. But it really shows, even though this is a talented team, uh, there's no LeBron, there's no Durant, there's no, you know, upper echelon great player. There's there are very there are a bunch of really talented players on this team. And I'm not trying to diminish okay, the talent on the team. All right. Um, I mean, Anthony Edwards has been unbelievable. Had 35 in this game. Unbelievable. He's been really good. But I think in a lot of cases, what you've seen is with the European teams, the physicality and the size against a smaller U.S. team has worn them down. And Lithuania just pounded them. And that was, you know, that was uh, part of it, that, that 
big, the big front line, the physical play, uh, it, it really wore them out. So they have to, you know, make adjustments. Okay, and they need to be a little bigger. They have great, they, they have great talent, but the size matters when you play internationally. It just does. And so some of those close calls that the U.S. have had during these during these uh, FIBA World Games, World Cup games, that's been teams that are bigger than they are. All right, those are the teams that they have battled against. So I think they'll be okay. They're going to have to go back and make some adjustments. You know, we always say you can't teach size. <laughs> All right. And so this is a good wake-up call for this American team and the coaching staff. Hey, we got to go back to work. We got to do some things. We got to make some adjustments. We're going to have to, you know, to get back and, and try to counteract this size with different things. Uh, they had a 15-2 run in the third, and you kind of thought, okay, they cut it to four. Here we go. We're, we're getting ready. We're going to make some moves. We'll see what happens going forward. I still think they'll be okay. Um, you know, but this is this is the battle that you're going to have. They needed at least a center or two to be on this team to counteract some of that physicality. They couldn't get the commitment, couldn't get it to the roster, and they've done what they they've had to do. Uh, but listen, it's 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 okay. <laughs> I get it. It's okay. Americans will play Italy on Tuesday in the quarterfinals. Still have a chance to win. Okay, still have a chance to win, and uh, they are probably. I would think, and I'm just checking out and doing some uh, reading of Brian Windhorst on ESPN.com, Lithuania probably the biggest team that they're going to face. So this is why that was the challenge that you saw with this club, because of the size. That's a big thing. It's a huge situation. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll take your phone calls here on the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Well, definitely, I think the most important thing you can say about it is there's hope now. And not necessarily for this year, although it has been fun to watch this weekend and the way this has progressed. And obviously, there's been so much hype about Jason Dominguez for years and years since he was 16 years old. And now to see him come up to the big leagues and first swing, hit a home run off Justin Verlander. I mean, you know, as as Austin Wells said after the game, you can't write it up any better than that. It mirrors what Judge did when he came up in 2016 and his first at bat at Yankee Stadium, and he homered back-to-back with Tyler Austin. So it's always fun to watch the kids come up and get their feet wet, but what I think it really shows you is there's hope for next season that you're not going to repeat this disaster of a year, and you're going to change up the cast here, and, and they uh, should be a competitive team again in 2024, and that's that's the most important part of what I've seen the last two days. Brian Hoke. Chatting with Pat O'Keefe this morning here on 98.7 ESPN on the feeling of the team with the emergence of the kids. Larry Hardesty here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's get to you on the phone, see what you have to say about the Met and Yankee kids. And also, you can weigh in on the USA. I know a lot of you are just, like, devastated. I know you are. I know you're just like, oh, my God, we're going to lose. Spikes and St. Pete. Hey, Spike, start us off. Well, thank you for uh, letting me back lead off. Most important, I'll comment on the other three topics, is uh, I only wish you and Gordon... Wonderful success on that extra hour. I think you mentioned it on air, and if I'm wrong, I stand corrected. Yes. But yes, I, I, I lobbied, I lobbied hard for that, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm so happy 
that uh, that uh, was, I guess, the faction. I wasn't very good. There's one third more. So one third more of you two guys is a blessing for all of us listeners. And you have a core pack of listeners, as you know, and uh, we're all smiling. So so break a leg, as they say, figuratively. Okay, no, that's great. I'm just thrilled. I can't tell you how happy I am for that. Now, let's go one at a time. Uh, I guess you dreamed, knowing you pretty well, I guess you dreamed about making the game winner wherever you played in the park or your backyard or wherever you... Yeah, so I guess that's what happened. I said to Gordon yesterday, because you guys are split up on the weekends, which is is good. You know, it's nice. Uh, You know... He comes up, he's highly touted, this kid, and uh, he beats a walk-in, shoe-in Hall of Famer, first ballot, Cy Young Award winner, uh, tremendous pitcher, all-time great pitcher, and he takes his first pitch out. I guess that's the same thing as you hitting the buzzer beater. So, you know, from this point on, if he does Willie Mays and goes over 30 and DeRosha sticks with him or he becomes a star. He, he has that moment and uh, you just, you can't take it away. It's, it's wonderful. And they should showcase. I'm just sorry. They were a little late bringing these kids up, but we'll see. You get to all the 24 year olds. Now moving on to the uh, football real fast. Look, the giants are being overlooked. The jets have all the pressure on them. I think from, from everything I hear from guys who know a lot more about football, it's, it's the coach, but the coach, he's probably not coaching the offense. That's my guess. But uh, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, as far as the basketball, uh, again, I always you, you quoted Ubi Brown there. You can't teach size or height. <laughs> and uh, and they also closed out on threes like the Knicks did. It was, uh, it was ridiculous how many corner threes. Uh, and they were bigger, and they will be the biggest team to face. And I don't know if they can get it together. Steve Kerr's a terrific coach, and he put Hart in the starting lineup. You know what you're going to get from him. Not much offense. And they're young. And the Brunson's been brilliant. He really has, leadership-wise. So mm-hmm. I'm thrilled about it. They still have a pathway. But it's nice to see these younger kids. And I don't want to see the old guys. They're not that they're old. You know, I just enjoy the basketball. There's some good players on all these other teams. And I think, last thing, and have a, again, have a great, great uh, new show, new extra hour. I just think that there's not a third of the NBA players, is that about right? Or 20% of them are foreign now, right? Yeah, Bonborn? if not more. So you're seeing them. You're seeing them. Look at the South Sudan. If I know you know quite a bit about the political unrest there and everything. I never saw a longer team than them. <laughs> they're, all, they're all built like, um, like Pascal Siakam almost. I know. They're just arms and legs and arms and legs. So it yeah. does shorten the court a little, Larry. It takes a little space passing lanes away. Anyway, enjoy. I'll enjoy listening to you and have a great holiday. All right, Spike, you the same. Thanks. Thank you for your thoughts and the kind words. And, and listen, that, that it's, it's, it's size. All right. And it's, it's hard to beat. And so, yes, I mentioned those guys because some of those players are able to do certain things where you're able to counteract the size somewhat. And yeah, you're right about Josh Hart. He, he's a fighter. He's a guy that's going to give you a, you know, offensive rebounds, not going to give you a lot of scoring, but he's going to be in there. That's going to help you on the boards and whatnot, but he's six, five. These guys are huge. You know, how do you box it? Even if you box them out, they, they can just reach over you and get it. Okay? And remember, it's not NBA rules here. <laughs> you know, you, they need to look at this like it's physical play in the postseason. That's how they have to adjust. And once again, there's only but so much you can do with size. 
when you're outmanned from a size standpoint and physicality standpoint, that's a that that's an interesting situation that they're in. But they knew that going in. Okay, when they put the roster together, they knew there were going to be some teams that they were going to have to really try to to uh they knew they were going to have a battle with keeping them off the boards. And I think uh Spike you're right about their closeouts. You know, just because they're big doesn't mean they can't shoot threes. This is, you know, so you have to be you have to do both. And I get it, you're trying to sag to help the you know because you got height Height, you know, height difference in the paint. You're trying to sag. You're trying. It's, it's just, you have to come up with a different game plan. You just do. Manny's in Flushing. What's up, Manny? Hey, hey, Larry. How you? Uh, hey, Larry. How you doing? I'm doing great, Manny. What's going on? Good. I'm listening. I, look, I, I was not really surprised that they lost, but I think it kind of shows of how the the times, you know, you're right because I think the size of of the intensity, but also. You know, they, you know, you look at the USA team, they always have slow starts. I mean, they'll be down by mm. double figures or even less than 10 points, less than double figures, but they managed to win. I think it's the first time that it just got exposed. I mean, against a, 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 a regular team, if you really think about that. Yeah. You, you know, Manny, it's it's interesting because you you understand when, you, when you're scouting these teams what, what you can do and what you can't do. And I just think yeah. it takes them a while to figure out and adjust to what the pace is for, for some of the other teams because they present different things that they, they're not used to seeing. It, see, here's the thing, and thanks for the phone call, Manny. Remember, these teams that they're playing, they play together all the time. You're really throwing this, and it's not an excuse, it's just fact. You're putting this U.S. team together you know, now, <laughs> Right. They have it. These international teams play all to, all the time, and so yes, you insert the players who have been in the NBA. Yes, you insert an RJ Barrett into Canada, and you you know you insert Fournier into the French team. Okay, and yes, but they still have played. They know the basis of the group has played together, and you're just adding these guys in to supplement a team that's already happened. So you just make adjustments. Okay, but the bulk of these international teams have played together, you know, all the all, all the time. So you're dealing with a chemistry thing. You're dealing once again with a size issue. So there's different things. But I will say this: I still think the U.S. has a chance. I still think they'll be okay. As we mentioned, Lithuania is the biggest team they're going to face, and they are huge. But once again, then it's incumbent upon the USA. To make adjustments, you got to play a faster game. You got to pick up the tempo a little bit. Maybe you want to get into an up and down situation with them. And sometimes, you know, the players maybe don't listen to the coaches and underestimate just how good these these teams are. All right, not saying that they're not giving their all, but okay, you got to show me you can hit that three. Okay, like okay, they've hit enough of them. Can you close out? <laughs> I mean, how much more does he have to show you? <laughs> He's really good. <laughs> He's got a really good jumper. Right, so when do we when do we figure this out that you know what maybe uh, maybe maybe I need to you know maybe I need to tighten up my, my my defense a little bit here, but once again I think, and you know it's always funny, because this is this is kind of what a coach will tell you right now, uh, losing this game is the best thing that happened to the U.S. and that's what the coaches will tell you, because now they understand. Hey, you know what? Everybody's gunning for us, and they knew it, and they understood it. But there's a, 
you know, there's a little swagger. I mean, anybody who has played in any professional, any competitive thing, you kind of have the attitude that you're the best. If you didn't, you wouldn't be out there. Oh, I'm better than this. Oh, we can win this. And so, and so when you are in a league that boasts the best players in the world, it's sometimes your mindset, you know, it's, it's a show me mindset. Let's see what you got. And, uh, Look the way they showed them. They got the size and the depth and they're able to hit uh, threes. It's the first loss for the U.S., but I still think they'll be okay. Hey, celebrate the return of football with Bart and Han and 98.7 ESPN Live from Margaritaville in Times Square on Thursday, September 7th as the NFL season kicks off. The guys will be broadcasting live from noon to 3, and they will be joined by former Giants wide receiver Amani Toomer. They'll have football-themed merch and an opportunity to win Jets tickets to the home opener. It's Bart and Han's back-to-football event, Thursday, September 7th from Margaritaville in Times Square. And head to Margaritaville all football season and enjoy... $20 beer buckets and $6 margaritas plus $3 off any appetizer during NFL or college games. So you can start next weekend. We'll continue the conversation with you next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. The guys were pumped and I think Judge talked about it when he said there was just a different energy, even on the bus, in their hitters meetings. I mean, the guys are excited to get a look here at the future, and there's so many guys on this roster now, 25 and under, and they all played a contributing part last night in the game. You got Austin Wells picking up his first RBI. Everson Pereira came through with the go-ahead hit there. Oswald Peraza had three hits in the game, so it hasn't just been the Dominguez show, although of course he's getting the headlines, and he's going to get a lot of the attention wherever he goes. Here, I'm very curious to see what the reception is going to be like when the Martian gets to Yankee Stadium for this homestand here coming up. But already, what a great first impression for these kids here. You're really giving these kids a chance to shine and show what they can do. And they're they're playing not just now in this hostile environment here at, in Houston, which is great experience for them, but they're also going to get a chance to really start building their cases to make the opening day roster next year. All right, that's Brian Coke, who chatted with Pat O'Keefe earlier today here on 98.7 ESPN. And, and listen, there's no question. This is what it's about. You want to see what these kids are going to do for both local teams. Okay? And <laughs> I, I just don't – and I'll get to the calls in a second. I just I – just, if this was a team that was still <laughs> playing meaningful games – I would be livid. I would have been livid today. I mean, Tom and Harvey would have had to water me down, hose me down. Because <laughs> I can laugh at it now. What what in what in Vogelback's mind made him think that he could round first and stretch that play into a double? This was not the commercial that beginning of the season about the bigger bases. This is real. This is real. Can you imagine? I would have been hot. And Showalter, I'll, I'll let you hear what he had to say a little later. Because he, I, I was smiling because I know he was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Justin St. Thomas River, what's up, Justin? Hey, Larry, thank you for taking my phone call. I hope you enjoy your Labor Day weekend this weekend. I, I had to call you, Larry. You know, I'm, I'm on ESPN today, and Mike Clay has this article out 
rating mm-hmm. the offensive and defensive units in the NFL. Right. He has the New York Jets as the number seven ranked defense, and he has the Dolphins, the Bills, and Cle- and the Cleveland Browns ranking out his top three. What an absolute disrespect and slap to the face of the Jet fans. How do you have the Cleveland Browns, the Buffalo Bills, over the New York Jets that are coming into this year? And then he has the New York Jets as the 11th ranked offense. And this, this is even better. He has the New York Jets wide receiver cores ranked as the 20th in the NFL. Does this guy even know what he's talking about? Well, I'll say this. Uh, <laughs> he, has, he has succeeded in what he wanted to set out to do, Justin, because he's got you fired up on the side. And obviously he, he has to be a Dolphin fan. There's no way you can have the Dolphins over the Jets this year. I guess they have a good defense. I mean, he has to be a Dolphin fan. And he, and he puts him in the Super Bowl, the Dolphins. Yeah, over Pittsburgh, over Philadelphia, right? Yeah. <laughs> they meet Philadelphia. <clears throat> yeah, I hear what you're saying, Justin. Thanks for the phone call. Look. I've known Mike Clay for a while. He used to do a segment for me a number of years ago for fantasy. He's really good. He knows the league. Um, I don't know. I don't agree with him. I do think that the Jet defense is a little better than what he's giving them credit for. Uh, Are they a top two defense? No, I don't think so. But we have to see. Okay? I mean, everybody talks about Frisco, you know, Frisco's defense. Joey Bosa hasn't come to camp. He's not signed. Now, I'm sure eventually they will get things squared away. I'm sure eventually they will, they will, you know, but right now they don't have him. That's a huge hit. Okay? So, look, are there questions about the Jets' defense? Yes. What are the questions? Well, let's face it. The questions are, can they get some turnovers? They were a pretty good defensive team last year. Didn't get a lot of turnovers. You have to get turnovers. It looks as though from the depth that they will be able to pressure the quarterback and do some things. Yes, but once again, is Sauce Gardner going to be better than he was last year, or will teams go at him more? How will teams how will teams try to attack him this year? Will they attack the other side? Okay, will they try to go after the safeties? What are they going to do? All right, and how will this Jet team respond? Will this Jet defense be a team that's able to get off the field on third down consistently? I mean, you know, these are the questions, obviously, that – you know, uh, Mike Clay has in his mind, and he does. He thinks that they're not able to do that. I will say, it is, with all due respect to Gordon, my partner, Gordon Damer, it is a stretch. I think even he would say it's a stretch to say Miami is going to be in the Super Bowl because that that says to me that Tua is going to be playing a lot of games this year. I don't know that that's the case. Can you sit down? What what? <laughs> What betting site can you go on and there's a that says that you could get odds for him playing the whole season? I don't think there are. All right, so that's the major thing for them. From a talent standpoint, yeah. I mean, Justin, from a talent standpoint, this Miami team is really good. They're good defensively and they're good offensively. The major question is, can Tua stay healthy all season? That's That's the big question mark there. I'm saying, you know, they're a good team. Now, I don't know. I don't know. Are they a Super Bowl team? But they're a really good team talent-wise. I mean, I know they don't have Jalen Ramsey. He'll be back at some point in time in the season, and they'll be okay. They're good. Tyreek Hill, <laughs> Waddle, that's not a bad offense. And the question for, obviously, Mike Clay, his thought process is, okay, what what's happening with this? Okay, we know about Gary Wilson. But it's the same thing that I'm saying. 
when we take Garrett Wilson away from Aaron Rodgers, where's he going? Going tight end? Is he going to another? He's going to call Hartman? Where's he going? And all this really, the offense, guys, is predicated on the consistency of this offensive line. That's really where people are, all prognosticators are hedging their bets about how good this Jet team is going to be. Is can this offensive line be solid enough where they give Aaron Rodgers time to throw consistently, where they're able to do some things and you know move the ball down the field? And then if they are able to do those things, then you know what? It makes their it makes their offense, it makes their defense that much better. Because now you're playing catch up. And so now defensively, there's no guessing. You got to throw to get back into the game. You got to throw to catch up. So there's a lot that goes into it. I, I think the Jet defense is a little better than than Mike Clay has given them the advantage to be. Offensively, I think his his offensive uh ranking is based on what what is this offensive line going to be? And you know, the importance of the running game. I mean, I know we, we poo-poo it. I know this is the era of, you know, 4,000-yard passing and, you know, it's whipped the ball down the field, 50, 60-yard touchdown completions. I get it. But you have to be balanced in certain situations. And the most important things are you got to be able to run the ball in the fourth quarter when you have a lead to eat up the clock. That's what you got to do. And all that's predicated on this jet offensive line. I'm sorry, it is. Ira's in Staten Island. What's up, Ira? Hey, Larry. How are you? I'm so great. I'm you're hundred percent. You're hundred percent right. And you know, we've talked to death about it. It's all about the offensive line. But <clears throat> you take away Garrett Wilson. He personally, and just you know, my humble opinion, mm-hmm. I think Cook coming out of the backfield, and I think Conklin. I think Conklin's going to have a seventy catch type of season. I think he he's going to be a big factor in this offense. But the question that you brought up about the Jets defense. If I was an offensive coordinator making up a game plan to attack the Jets' defense, mm-hmm. I would put as much stress as possible and attack the linebackers. Mm-hmm. That is the one place. Because you're not going to do anything with the defensive line, and I do believe they'll be able to stop the run. The secondary, between the pressure and their coverage skills, they're good. Are the linebackers going to be able to cover the wheel routes, Are to be uh, the slams and the tight ends? And that's the way you attack the Jets. You make the linebackers do the work. And if they can do the work, the Jets are going to be a tough team to score on. And once again, Ira, that's predicated on if the, if the team can score points, now, you know, it, it puts your it puts the opponent's offenses in, in, a, in, a, in a quandary because you got to throw. And so now if i got to throw to get back into this game, you know, and, and plus I've got fresh guys on defense because we've got some long drives going here. It, it makes it a little easier for this defense, and I think that's what you know that that's what's going to help them. Because you you look at this team last year, man, that defense was worn out. What were they 70, 70 75, 80 plays on the field? Yeah, no, that's a lot of plays. Of course, of course. they probably maxed out at about sixty plays. You know, fifty five to sixty if Rogers and the offensive line does their job. And I think that's the way it'll play out. And I don't know what your schedule is exactly. I know you guys are on late. I'm usually sleeping. In case I don't talk to you before the Bills game, all right? I love the matchup, and I get it. No mm-hmm. disrespect to the Bills. I give Josh Allen great because he's the one of the team coaches, those players. But I just think that with everything, the 
All right, all right, I got to let you go. You, you hit a bad self spot there. Um, we tried to hang in there, hoping it would get better. But I, I think you're, I think you're leaning towards you like the Jets, even though you have a lot of respect for Josh Allen and and the Bull and the, the Bulls, Josh Allen and the Bills, and what they've been able to do offensively over these over the seasons to being the, the division leader, which you have to, which you have to. Um, you like the Jets in this one, and you know we've said it over and over and over again. You just got to win that first game. It's an emotional game. It's 9-11. It's in your building. It's against a team that you beat last year and should have beaten twice last year with with you know with less than stellar quarterback play in the in the in the second game. And so with better quarterback play and everything, you should be able to beat that team. We're not saying it should be, you know, 38 to 1. But you should be able to find a way to beat that team in your building. It, it's as Willie Colon said to me. It's a statement game. It's a Monday night game. Everybody's watching. There's been a lot of hype about this team. There's been a lot of focus on this team. There's been a lot of publicity about this team. And to quote Willie Colon, <laughs> you only get one time to make a first impression. And that first impression on a Monday night game with the emotion of 9/11 in the backdrop in your building. You gotta win that game. It's simple. You gotta win that game. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. More calls next on ninety eight seven ESPN. Yeah. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. It's the Larry Hardesty Show here on ninety eight seven ESPN. Rich Cimini will talk Jets at the top of the hour. So far, we've been talking a little baseball, a little football. Even some basketball because the USA lost to Lithuania in uh, the Pan Am game, the Pan Am games in the um, World Cup, and so you know a lot of folks are you know folks are a little concerned because it's it's surprising. But once again, understand that that dream team in '92 really opened up a gateway to make this an even more international game. Doesn't mean that other countries never played basketball before. The dream team of 92? Absolutely not. Of course they did. But it just opened it up. It made it more attractive. It made it more in your face. And so, look, that's why you see so many great players from the from Europe play over here now and, on, and, on, and are in the NBA because of that exposure, because of that influence. And so you are going to be tested. And all that means is, hey, guess what? You got to be better. It's <laughs> simple. You got to be better. That's all that means. So the U.S. team has to be better. They got a smart enough coaching staff there to figure stuff out. They've got talented players on there to figure it out. You know, yeah, they're bigger, but there's a way for you to counteract that. And so I'm sure they'll be okay when they get ready for Italy, when they play again on Tuesday. This will be a refreshed and ready team that I think it might be a bit more aggressive and showing that they have something to prove. It's great for Lithuania to say they beat the U.S., but, you know, and you put that, if you're the U.S., in the back of your mind, if there happens to be a rematch for the title, then you remember, this is this is what they did to us before. They can't do that again. So, you know, we'll keep an eye out on that for you as we move forward. The other thing, too, is we talk about the Mets and, and Yankees and the young players. Man, this, this is what makes it exciting. Are you happy with the way that the season has gone for both local teams? Absolutely not. 
If you're a Yankee fan and you're looking at Aaron Judge and you're just shaking your head about how great this guy is, he continues to hit home runs. I mean, he just continues. I mean, I still don't get why people are pitching to him. He's, 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 he's hitting home runs. He's a really, really talented player. And when he's able to be on the field, he produces, man. He produces. And that's all you can ask of, you, of your captain, of your star player. Now, can he, the next thing will be, can he lift the rest of this team up? Can, now, there were times in the season where it didn't seem like he was able to. From the time he got back, they struggled, man. They were awful in August. I don't have to tell you, Yankee fans, you know. They were awful. But now, once again, you're starting to see him you know, with the positivity of these young players coming up, and you're starting to see the team produce. And really, when you think about it, it's nothing that's unusual, right? It's been a scenario that the Yankees have always done. They've always been able to find some players in the middle of the season to bring them up. I remember covering the team when A-Rod was there and Jeter and Posada and that crew. And there would always be a young player that would come up and they would say, man, that energy that, 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 that they come up here with and the, the young fresh legs and they're ready to go and they're exuberant. They're happy to be in the show. And they're just, here we are. And let's make an impact. And it's just the energy bouncing around the clubhouse. It energizes veterans who are mentally have their own ways of trying to get through the season, right? Mentally, they have their way of how, how individually I got to get through this long season of playing every single day and that grind and being out there and going out there. And sometimes I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm nursing some aches and pains, but I got to stay in the lineup. Even in this era of analytics, when you wonder why people get a day off, but you know, mentally you still have to prepare yourself to go out there and play every day. And so that's what these guys are doing. So when you have a young player to come up and just flying around the locker room, happy clubhouse and happy and just buzzing around there, it, it tends to boost the energy level of some of the veterans. And the Yankees really did not have that this year. They had some guys who were journeyman guys who were, you know, off other rosters who tried to, you know, hold the team together while judge was hurt, but they just couldn't do it. So to have these young players, and once again, it's only a couple of games. We're not saying they're all going to be starters next season. Just a couple of games. But really just to have them there and giving them the opportunity to show what they can do. So even because for both teams, here, here's the bottom line. We have decisions to make. Both teams do. We have decisions to make on personnel. The, the, the happiest thing I heard from Buck Showalter last night was to say that there's no guarantee that Starling Marte nor Edwin Diaz is going to play again this season. That's the best news I can have. All right, because for me, I don't want to see Edwin Diaz anymore this year. I, I didn't have him when I needed him. I don't need him now. I don't want him. I don't want him to perform. He can do all the stuff he needs to do, all the rehab, all the schedule that you have to get back, to strengthen his knee, to be ready to go. In 2024, I'm good with that. If it's throwing off a mound, throwing 500 feet, whatever he's got to do, let him do it. Pitching the regular game, I, I, I don't need to see it. Just me personally. I don't need to see it. Let me see him again in spring training 2024. We're good. Same thing with Starling Marte, who had an injury-plagued season 
coming off the double groin injury surgery that he had, also with the migraines. It was not a good year for him. Uh, I don't need to see him. Right now, I just want to see these kids, what they can do. Same thing with the Yankees. If you're a Yankee fan, all you want to do is you want to see these kids get, you want them to play every day. You want to play every day. DJ, I'm good. I know what you can do. Sit down. You can play a little first base. You know, so eventually I would think you would want to see Rizzo. You want to see if he can, because you have to make, I mean, he's got one more year, but you'd want to see Rizzo. You want to see how he's performing. You want to see how he's bouncing back from the concussion. So I would think you'd want to see him. But for the most part, it's, it's about the kids. It's about these young players. What are they doing? You know, that's that's the most important thing. Because it's not wins and losses anymore. Now, to ownership, it's always about wins and losses. But to the fans, it's not about wins and losses right now. I, it's, I don't care. I don't care. But both of these teams in their front offices have to decide where we're going, who's, who's a possibility for this roster next year, and who, you know what, they're not going to cut it. We know they're starting back down in the minors. And, of course, everybody's going to be invited. It's going to be spring training. You're going to see everybody. But still, how are they performing? Who, who's a keeper? And who, if we need to, if we have a trade and we can improve ourselves right now, who are we going to put into this trade package to make it believable? Who are we going to put into this trade package to make it work? Because all these prospects, here's the harsh reality. All of them are not playing in the major leagues. They're just not. Some aren't good enough. Some, and you may chuckle, may not be good enough to make your roster right now. That you may have a player there that's four or five years contractually. So why would you have that young player sit for four or five, maybe six years? If you've got a player that's playing every day, that's a major part of your team. You're going to move on from that guy. Because he's... You don't have time for him. He's not going to get playing time. And so if he's good enough that not to surpass who you already have earmarked for that position, then you put that person in the trade and you try to strengthen yourself at another position where you're weak. And that's how you get better. I mean, in a perfect world, because I think the Yankee roster is a little worse off than the Met roster right now. So in a perfect world, you would like to think that maybe you could get two, it would be great if you could get two or three of your guys for the Yankees on your major league roster for next year. You would love that. Okay, you would love it. Maybe not the Martian because he's so young, but two or three of these guys you would love to have on there. All right? And that's, that's what you're looking at right now. That's what you're trying to assess. From a pitching standpoint, you know, Johnny Brito's had some ups and downs, but I think just in watching him, he's looked pretty good over his last couple of starts, last couple of outings, not necessarily starts, his last couple of outings coming on in relief. You know, as far as the Mets are concerned, the bullpen is it's, it's, it's an issue. And that's one of their major focuses. Okay, Adovino was good for a while. He's struggling now. Drew Smith was decent, struggling of late. So once again, where do, where's the weaknesses on these teams? 
can we excuse me can we get better in the weakest positions in house or do we have to spend some more money or trade to get better from another team that's what this time is about so if you're a Mets Yankee fan enjoy watching the kids just enjoy them dream of what what it could be <laughs> When we return, we'll turn our attention to the New York Jets. Rich Samini will join me. We'll talk Jets football. That's next. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.